0: Thank mm-hmm. you. This morning marks the third Sunday in the season of Advent. And in the Christian tradition,
1: Advent is the beginning of the church year, recognizing the transforming power of God in the world and looking forward to the birth of Jesus and celebration of spiritual light. So each week until Christmas, we're lighting a new candle on the Advent wreath when so much asks for our attention the lighting of one candle after another reminds us that this season must pass in its own time birth cannot be rushed we have the choice to be awakened and to fully inhabit the present moment the light of advent grows brighter and brighter as we celebrate our coming together as a community. So this morning, I'll light the third candle and we light this candle as a symbol of joy. Not just any simple cheer, but the experience of joy that cannot be contained. Advent asks us to proclaim our gladness as a gift to the world, even when sorrow and uncertainty abound. So may we share our hearts through our words, our music, and the way we live our lives. And let
0: the fullness of joy lead to more freedom for all. So good morning, everybody. Good morning and welcome
1: to this Sunday's Unitarian Gathering here in Kensington, where London's heretics and dissenters have been worshipping since the 1800s. Ours is a faith that does not claim to hold the one and the only truth. Our faith respects faith of others and respects people's rights to find their own paths in life. And our Unitarian chalice flame is burning brightly there along with our Advent candles. And that symbol of the chalice, the cup, it's an ancient one as you perhaps know, but the chalice flame of Unitarians and Unitarian Universalist communities stems only from the Second World War when the Unitarian Services Committee, helping rescue refugees from war-torn Europe, chose this chalice flame as a welcoming symbol for all people, all people of faith and no faith. And its light beckons warmly. Its cup contains all, just as this warm and calm worshiping space contains us today. And you're all welcome here, be you here in person or on Zoom. I hope we'll all find something of worth today some helpful realization or insight. And our service theme explores the idea of creating our own Christmas in a way that has real meaning for us, refreshing those symbols of old so we don't take them for granted or simply dismiss them as no longer relevant. So I invite you to use this next hour, if you wish, to explore the qualities that would make this Christmas, this midwinter, a time of nourishment for you, a time when your spirit both gives and receives that which will strengthen you in times of darkness, something that will soften your hearts and bring you a gentle joy. So may the stresses and the strains of our everyday lives just drop away now and leave us free to explore deeper mysteries, deeper truths, open to inspiration and the power of love. So I'm going to invite us to start by singing a traditional Advent hymn now, Hills of the North Rejoice. I wonder if this is a hymn that you remember um, singing at school years back. I used to love its mystical message and it's only in recent years that I've realized that this is is of course a classic Victorian hymn, which is actually celebrating the far reaches of the British Empire and looking forward to a time when Christianity would reach those farthest shores as a dominant faith. So we're Unitarians and we've changed the words. And perhaps if there is any remaining triumphalist message, let's forgive it today, but yearn instead for a world where light and love might truly reign and where all faith be respected so words are on your screens at home and here in church on your hymn sheets feel free to stand and sing or sit and simply enjoy the music whatever suits you this morning Hills of the North rejoice So let's take that warmth and the care of our ritual into a reflective time of prayer now. As I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us now and to bless this time we spend together. Let us pray for the needs of all those across this small planet home of ours. Those who are in great need this day.
0: Especially any who suffer because of winter weather. Any who suffer because they experience the cruel winter of war. Or those who suffer the cold winds of oppression and violence.
1: Oh, may all who suffer this day Experience your compassion, Great Spirit, through the care that we show to one another. May this morning prayer awaken us to turn the needs of all who ask us to help this day into our personal needs and into the
0: needs of the Spirit here on earth. May we this day be granted the wisdom to see
1: God in all we meet. For with that sacred vision,
0: our prayer will have no end, for it becomes our life. Blessed and beautiful
1: are you, great spirit, and may your light be our sun this wintry day. Help us to loosen the cords of habits and routines from time to time so that we might be refreshed in our perceptions and opened once more to new possibilities in life. May we sing old songs as if for the first time. Greet old companions as new and wondrous beings in whose presence we are both delighted
0: and curious. Let us take nothing for granted, that even something as the rising
1: of the sun on a winter's dawn could encourage us to kneel in
0: awe and wonder and gratitude for this miracle that it is to be alive. May our prayers call forth from one another the light and the love that is hidden in every heart now and always amen okay now i suppose because it's i'm in i'm in the religious
1: trade that i was particularly interested by the uh, recent census results and I hope you all studied them in incredible detail like I did. There's the reduction in religious affiliation under 50% of people describing themselves as Christian for the first time. Now, don't go listening to uh, Nigella Farage's ghastly misinterpreting of those census figures so easily done to get confused by statistics but I think he does it deliberately now the reading that we're going to hear um read soon for us by Julia Edwards is called let us be that stable let us be that stable and it takes one of the symbols from the story of Jesus's birth the lowly stable, and it invites us all to be just as welcoming as that little shack was, welcoming Mary and Joseph in their time of need. And that need, of course, is clearly as relevant today in the 21st century UK as it was 2,000 years ago in a seemingly faraway land. I wonder which of these images speaks particularly to you this morning.
0: Over to you, Juliet. called Today
2: Let Us Be a Stable by Patrick Murfin. Today let us be a stable. Let us be the place that welcomes at last the weary and rejected, the pilgrim stranger, the coming life. Let not the bitter winds that pierce our inadequate walls, or our mildewy hay, or the fetid leavings of our cattle, shame us from beckoning. Let our outstretched arms be a manger. I like that, but more like that, I think. Um, So that the infant hope swaddled in love may have a place to lie. Let a cold beacon shine down upon us from a solstice sky to guide us, the seekers who will come. Let the lowly shepherd and all who abide in the fields of their labors lay down their crooks and come to us. Let the seers sages and potentates of every land traverse the shifting dunes the rushing rivers the stony crags to seek our rude frame let herdsmen and high lords kneel together under our thatched roof to lay their gifts before wonder today Let us be a stable.
0: Thank you, Juliet. That was lovely. So we've got another hymn to sing now. It's an
1: interesting one with words written by Eleanor Farjohn, the poet. And though this is regarded as an Advent hymn, yet its imagery is not particularly um, Christian. It seems to be more based on the mystical roots that can be found in most religions. Um, See what you think. It's number 82 in this Green Hymn Book, or the words will appear on your screen for those of you at home and if it does interest you i recommend looking up the actual poem online because i think this version misses some of the best lines 82 people look east
0: this reading, um, it's called When
1: Mary Meets Mess. It's uh, from the American Unitarian Universalist Minister Erica Hewitt. And she starts by explaining how her life took several difficult turns when a relationship came to an upsetting end and she was then diagnosed with cancer. It was an understandably tough time for her. And yet as Christmas approached, she found her spirits lifting just a bit. And she goes on to explain. So I haven't soured on the holidays, however, and I will not give up on Christmas for two reasons. First, long before my heart was broken and I lost my hair to chemo, I learned to shape the holidays to fit into whatever shaped hole is my heart. At times, this has required ingenuity and vigilance. The holidays laden as they are with traditions and sacred cows, they can pull us into programmed ruts rather than genuine wonder. To ask, what do I truly need? And how can I claim my longing for joy? That can happen only when we allow ourselves to practise vulnerability. And take mindful pauses. The other reason she writes that I won't give up on Christmas is its central message. The holy will never give up on us, her people. In fact from Hanukkah to solstice that's the message of most winter holy days. The holy, call it God, call it the force, call it love's impulse, the holy will never give up on us even when we feel like curling up in a dark room and revoking our membership of the human family. If I believe that your love will never let us go, I imagine saying to the great all that is, the least I can do is to be your spy on the ground. I'll keep watch for love, for compassion, for magic, for awe, and I'll report back regularly just to feel close to you. So, every one of us, sugar plums, has a story about the holiday blues. Crisis, loneliness, wanting to give up, being fed up of humanity. Telling our stories helps restore our wholeness. So tell yours. And while you're at it, form a plan for the coming weeks so that on the other side of this winter, you can look back and say, Ah, here's how I made it gentler on myself. And here's where I remembered that love will show itself again and again. And her reading ends with this short prayer. You reveal yourself to us in myriad ways, O gentle one. And at this time of the year, you remind us that you'll never turn away from us. Whether our hearts are merry or miserable, may our longing keep us turning towards you and towards the presence of your love among us. So let's settle ourselves now for a few meditative minutes. This short poem is written by someone called Jan Richardson. She's a Methodist minister and um, she combines her love of art and poetry in a really excellent blog. I so appreciate people who uh, put their creative offerings online for the rest of us to find. In this piece, she's talking about the The kind of joy in life that arrives and takes us by surprise. It's not a joy we can prepare for or protect ourselves from. I think of it as the joy of love, arriving without conditions, without expectations. The love that doesn't ask anything of us and yet it asks everything. For our hearts must be open and be prepared to be vulnerable. So I invite you to prepare yourselves for a quiet time. We'll be holding a couple of minutes in silence together after this short reading. So let's get comfy, maybe soften our gaze or close our eyes. Take one of those lovely calming breaths. Deep into our being, releasing some of life's tensions as we breathe out, enjoying That feeling of resting in the chairs where we're sitting or on the sofas if we're at
0: home. Aware of our feet perhaps on the floor. It's good to rest, isn't it? In good company with others. Jan Richardson writes thus about joy. You can prepare but still it will come
1: to you by surprise crossing through your doorway, calling your name in greeting. It will astonish you how wide your heart will open in welcome for the joy that finds you so ready and still so unprepared.
0: Let us be together in silence. Well, it feels a bit daft um, to be standing here about to tell you
1: how to create your own Christmas because you'll already be well used to doing that, I imagine. But, But I don't know, sometimes being reminded can be helpful. And I hope that's the case for you this morning. And if not, well, just ignore me and think your own happy thoughts. Return to some of your favorite memories, perhaps. So the key message of today's service is that it's okay for us to create the kind of wintertime we want. We can ignore Christmas or put on the biggest display of lights ever seen in the streets where we live. We can plan a fine feast or eat beans on toast. We can enjoy singing carols or we can mutter bah humbug. We can buy marvellous or frugal gifts for others or ourselves, or not. It's good, I think, though, to take some time to ask ourselves, what is it, what is it that we need now? Some of us may find deep meaning in the nativity story of the birth of Jesus. Others prefer to mark the changing of the seasons on the winter solstice, the longest night, midwinter. And it's okay for us in our Unitarian communities to make up our minds about the Nativity, just as it's okay for us to make up our minds about every other aspect of our spiritual and religious lives. You will find such a wide range of diverse beliefs in a congregation like this. For some of us, The story of a vulnerable baby born in adverse circumstances, being recognized by shepherds, angels and wise ones as the child of God. That's a very important aspect of our faith. Others may not have any conventional belief in in God at all. Some of us really do find our strongest expressions of spiritual connection in the natural world of our planet Earth home. It does take all sorts to be a human being, doesn't it? And it certainly takes all sorts to be a Unitarian human being. Now, I remember as a teenager studying religious education for A-level and being delighted when our teacher pointed out that it really was all right to question the historical truth of the birth of Jesus. She knew that the birth narratives that feel so familiar to some of us from the Gospels, she knew they were written down a long, long time after the alleged event. And they were embellished at various times. Now we have here today before us my knitted nativity scene a gift from a fellow minister who felt sorry for me here in Kensington, where we haven't had a nativity display for in recent years. So this minister asked a congregation member to knit it for me and it arrived in this wonderful bag that was knitted as well, just in case any of you are feeling competitive now at this moment and would like to knit one of your own. It arrived in the post early in December so, you know, as ministers, we do sometimes suffer from congregational envy when we think that our congregation is better than somebody else's. Um, yeah. And, you know, nativity envy too. And I thought it would be churlish to mention to the knitter that actually the donkey and the cattle that weren't knitted on this occasion this donkey was a medieval addition to the whole story it it did not appear in the original narratives yeah and the entire nativity narrative appears around 300 years after that alleged birth so for me the birth story it's mythical rather than historical and that takes nothing away from it as far as I'm concerned because it it's a powerful story isn't it strength and fragility inverted that imagery of a poor family seeking shelter in a cold night avoiding a tyrannical ruler well that echoes doesn't it with the stories of refugees to this day so we're free i reckon to interpret this mythic story in our own way and we're equally free to create the whole season in a way that's meaningful for us So if you're here in church and have got the hymn sheet, um, and also this is available at the end of this script, which people can access online on our website. There are 10 questions that might guide us in designing this so-called festive season as a time that could enrich us rather than crush us. Do take those away with you to think about later. We used these questions in a course called Step Into Christmas, years ago now, with Kensington Unitarians. What surprised us then was just how strongly some people felt about Christmas traditions. Well, this is how we always do it, etc., etc. Some people were happy with how they'd already created their own Christmas, and others were really ready for a change. One person I remember decided they just did not want to do anything about Christmas that year, and they did manage to ignore it altogether to their great satisfaction. They were fed up with advertisers showing perfect families, all happy and joyful. That just doesn't ring true, does it? And They were fed up with feeling obliged to give and receive presents when they had all they needed and did not need any more stuff. Others in that group had suffered life's inevitable losses of partners, friends, family or neighbours. And doesn't Christmas bring back memories at times? Happier memories, sometimes the really sad memories too, sometimes the really painful ones. These losses need acknowledging and honouring before we can perhaps then take a step beyond, knowing that life is forever changing nothing can stay the same. And we do also have to recognize that some people cannot have the lives they want. Some folks have duties and real limitations that can't be shrugged off so simply. Most of all, this work of examining Christmas and deciding what matters most to us, allows us space to create a time that has meaning, is meaningful for us to sing the old songs and carols that speak to our hearts to treasure those precious memories to seek out the people or the places that will help warm our hearts to do what feels right for us then we've touched a deeper part of life way beyond consumerism's frenzied messages then we'll truly have discovered i think what's needed now amen and we're not going to sing the little donkey oh no 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 we're gonna sing that uh, wonderful tune that you'll recognize as Beethoven's ode to joy it's um, hymn number 117 uh, in the green book joyful joyful we adore thee these hymn words really speak of joy the kind of joy that arrives sometimes despite everything that card unexpectedly received the joy of a stranger's intervention the joy of a bird song on a cold day or a scampering squirrel so sing if you so wish and think of your sources of winter joy time for the notices now thank you thank you Ramona for all your tech wizardry today Um, and thank you to Charlotte for your co-hosting great to have you there great to see everybody on zoom today it's lovely to see some people um, that I've not seen for a while warmed my heart thanks to Juliet for reading and to dear Peter for playing for us thank you um for those of you who are at uh, church in person we'll be serving warm drinks and biscuits after the service if you want to stay and chat um we're always looking for more people to help with volunteering tasks so if you feel something tugging at your heartstrings just talk to somebody about how you can volunteer for something and there'll be virtual coffee on zoom with charlotte too so do hang around those of you online for a chat Uh, Plenty of small group activities happening. There's the usual Wednesday coffee morning online at 10.30. Uh, You're always welcome to join Jane's Heart and Soul sessions on Friday and Sunday evening. I think this week's theme is creativity and you can get all the details of all of this either on the back of your order of service sheet or in the Friday email Now, next Sunday is the carol service. We all enjoyed singing carols so much today that you're going to get sing more next Sunday and there'll be the quartet of singers. Uh, So feel free to bring friends who like a sing along as well. And next Sunday will be quite a festival of singing, because after that, there's Margaret's singing class straight after the service at noon and then Mary Lisa's Many Voices Choir at 1.30, which is meant to be excellent, too. And don't forget, there'll be the traditional uh, Christmas Eve carol service at 5 p.m. Let Jane know if you're going to be there because we can get the chairs sorted. And Heidi, I think you're organising a meal. Um and don't forget the West London Green Spirit Group are going to be holding their winter solstice gathering here on Wednesday the 21st of December. We're planning to meet at one o'clock for a shared meal and then a, a kind of workshoppy spiritual gathering two till four and then miraculously the sun's going to shine and we're going to watch it going down just on the main road up there. Carolyn, would you like to come and yeah. Do take your mask off and Well. Wow.
3: Hello, everyone. Um, On Zoom, over the Christmas period, um, I'm putting on uh, some group meetings, especially for people on your own. It will happen on Christmas Day, twice, in fact. Um, You will have some social Christmas chit-chat, but we'll also each choose a project of something we want to get done over the Christmas period and get support from each other. If you want to join it, I have a, it's going to be on the uh, weekly email come Friday, but if you're writing it down, Zoomers or anyone, Carolyn Appleby 37 at outlook.com to inquire about joining this
0: temporary group. I know
1: you did something similar before, Carolyn. It's a really nice thing to do. I thought it was you. And it, it yeah, it's, it's lovely, I think, sometimes to just get together with others for a little while. There's going to be another online workshop on New Year's Eve, a mini retreat with Jane from two till five, where you can reflect on the turning of the year. So for any of these activities, including Heidi and Carolyn's, just contact Jane or me and we'll give you the correct email address. Well should we ready ourselves for our closing words now? Which you might recognise some of you because they're words that we've used often before, and it's called the Work of Christmas, and it's by Howard Thurman, a beautiful writer. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home. When the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins.
0: To find the lost. To heal the broken. To feed the hungry. To release the prisoner. To rebuild the nations. To bring peace to our world. To make music in the heart. So, amen,
1: and go well, everyone, in the weeks that lie ahead, and blessed be.